1: Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Katherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Today, my guest is Confederacy of Dunks host, uh, my co-host on the WNBA pod, The Pickup, and uh, overall good pal and friend of mine. It's Freddie Rivas. How you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I wish the Raptors were doing better, but we'll talk about that.
1: We'll we'll get into it. I mean, I have to say, Freddie, I don't know if how much you want people to know this or not, but you grow your own chilies and you make a hot sauce, and every year you name it after a different raptor. That's right. And this year you went with Pascal Siakam, but you didn't call it Spicy P. You went with Pascalifornia.
0: That's right. I assume Um,
1: spicy. It's a, it's a copyright
0: issue. uh, It probably is a copyright issue. Um, (laughs) Also, uh, our, our names are always like Raptor themed and we usually have a bunch of inside jokes. Um, But this one was the first time we didn't make up the joke. We just went with, um, I don't know if you would remember, but the Raptors at one point, like swept the California teams and OG, uh you mean already like
1: a regular season a
0: regular season like we beat (laughs) like we beat the clippers and we beat the lakers and pascal like went off and then og said um it's not california it's past california
1: oh that's right it's it's a
0: response it's a response to lebronto i forgot about that so this is actually you know maybe og will come after us because he'll be like that's my i said that you know
1: yeah but then he'll taste the hot sauce he'll be like never mind
0: and i like, good. yeah, the hot sauce is sick. Thank you very much.
1: It's really good. I um, I'm not ashamed to admit this. I made some mac and cheese yesterday. I I did like a like the white cheddar. I went mm-hmm. white cheddar. Oh yeah. And uh, and had your hot sauce with it, and uh, the Pascalifornia, and it was very good.
0: Thank you. We're very proud of the sauce. You know, <laughs> we're doing Pascal right. <laughs> we we picked the name before Pascal. Got injured, but we also picked the name before the season started. So
1: there you um, go. What are you going to do?
0: It feels good, though. Like, you know, this is his year, uh, and he's been amazing. And it's, it's past California now. It's not California.
1: Love it. I absolutely love it. And that's such a great name. I, uh, okay, we got a lot to get into. We usually yeah. do, you know, NBA stuff here first, and then we get into Raptors. And then we always end with my Nick Nurse hottie highlight of the week, which this week, you know, hasn't been as hot as week. Let's be real. But no, it has not. We'll, <laughs> we'll get into all of it. Uh, it's been a minute since I've done uh, an episode. Just a lot of life has happened, a lot of craziness, but we're here. We made it. We're alive. And so I haven't had the chance to comment on everything that happened with the nets. And believe me, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it because I think we're all exhausted, but literally Steve Nash got fired when I was recording my last episode. And, uh, I just want to say I've never seen someone get fired and win so hard simultaneously Mm -hmm. at the same time. Like he is the real winner out of all that chaos. Um, I don't believe Kyrie's apology at all. I think he's fake as hell. (laughs) I don't need to get into that any further. Um, I think Kevin Durant needs new friends. That's probably my, my spicier take out of all of it. Uh, he needs new friends. He just needs new friends. And, uh, really glad they hired Jacques Vaughn for the job. Uh, I think he earned it. I think he actually earned it before when um, Kenny Atkinson was fired Mm -hmm. and he was the interim coach then. And the Nets were doing good under him before the season shut down with the pandemic. And then they were in the bubble with him and he kind of got them to a playoff spot. And then they were then swept by our Raptors. But I was kind of surprised he didn't get the job when Steve Nash came in in the first place. So I feel like that was actually the right move by them. Pretty much the only right move they've done in some time, but you know, happy for Jacques Vaughn. Uh, really enjoyed the memes of him aging rapidly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and also,
1: Nets, but I am still happy that he has the job.
0: And I feel like, you know, it was one of those, in spite of, in spite of themselves, they ended up making the right decision because apparently yes. the, the NBA had to interfere to be like, you can't hire uh, MA udoka like don't do it and they were like fine
1: yeah i mean i if they did i probably would have had a whole hour on it to be honest like i was ready to rip into that so hard but i wanted to wait to make sure if if it was going to actually happen or not Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i didn't want to like talk about something that was only like speculative yeah but uh i just feel like it would it kind of ruins the integrity of the league and it ruins the integrity of what it means to have a suspension. Um, if you're just going to let the guy not serve the suspension by way of just going to another team. And I know it's like a team suspension and not like a league thing, but it, it just makes sense that they would work together on that. You know what I mean?
0: No, I hear you. Yeah, it definitely like undermines the accountability that you're attempting to convey mm-hmm. or, or that you're attempting to, like, you know, per- portray. Mm hmm.
1: Um, Yeah, I agree. So that's all. I mean, again, I could have gone on and on and on about that forever, but I didn't get the chance, and now I've got it off my chest just a little bit. Uh, We'll see how things unfold. I'm sure there'll be more to say about that team as uh, the season goes on. It's only mid-November, and they've already caused, I think, more drama than maybe any NBA team ever. Like, there, I mean, it was pretty yeah. up there with like the Donald Sterling scenario and stuff like that. Yes, like, I mean, sure. it was truly one of the most dramatic things we've seen a team go through in in quite some time and possibly ever.
0: And it's, it's definitely part of a saga, too. Uh, let me just let me start this hashtag right here. Uh, <laughs> um, bring the Nets back to New Jersey. Um, <laughs> you
1: it's, it. it's, it's time. It's a really long hashtag. Yeah. There's no short abbreviation of it
0: um yeah maybe just uh uh net nets in new jersey
1: Nets in that's in new jersey yeah do you think they call it nj
0: or how about wait back to jersey <laughs> back to jersey ba-
1: hashtag back to jersey yeah that has a nice bon jovi vibe to it yeah. i feel they're from new jersey right
0: um yeah i think so
1: i know too much about that band for a genre of music i don't listen to <laughs>
0: Even the fact that you said they're from New Jersey, I just assumed Bon Jovi was the guy Um, and then that's it. But uh, yeah.
1: I mean, he's got band members, right? Yeah, he's got it. He's got it. Okay. We've got other NBA topics. Uh, City jerseys were out. They came out late this week. Freddie, are you like, how much are you into the city jerseys? First of all, like just
0: in general, I got to be perfectly honest with you that, you know, the shoe game, I'm not, great on the jersey game i'm really not great on i'm definitely not someone who is like waiting for the for the city jerseys or cares right a lot about them um you know sometimes when someone says like oh that jersey's like horrible i try and blend in and be like yeah yeah that sucks um, <laughs> but for the most part i don't have good fashion so it's you're I mean, a free
1: t-shirt guy
0: I'm a free t-shirt I've known
1: you for, I want to say quite some time. Oh, you know, I've known you for a few years. Mm -hmm. And for sure, every free t-shirt you get, you wear.
0: That's right. Uh, I'll say this. (laughs) I definitely like, uh, I have a a belief about sports jerseys uh, in that they are supposed to be extremely bright and extremely tacky. Um, So I think that that's where my... That you know, I I grew up being a soccer fan and basketball fan, so uh, mm-hmm. I like really tacky, bright jerseys. So if something's trying to be cool, uh, I don't like it.
1: So you really don't like the Toronto black and gold situation.
0: Black and gold. It's funny. I don't mind that as much as I as you would think, but uh, I I don't really like gold uh, as a Raptor fan. I feel like that is the color of the Lakers and we, okay. need back, we need to back off
1: all right wow that, what, like they yeah. just
0: own gold so hard they're gold the celtics are green don't do it you yeah I mean? like
1: i like detroit has a green jersey
0: yeah they, the get, they got the teal thing, thing no but know? it's
1: like no 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 but in sorry in the city jersey oh, city yeah it's it's a celtics green jersey and it says Detroit, and then it's and then yeah, it's got it a little doing? bit of blue in it, which is different. But it to me, it looks too much like the Celtics.
0: I'm. Mean, I'm looking at all the jerseys now. the The Warriors one is I like got a big flower. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Okay, I'll say this: I like the Houston jerseys because they're a full throwback.
1: Yeah, I like when they're a throwback jersey with just like a bit of a twist that yeah. is when i think the city jerseys are really successful but um like the charlotte jersey just says clt
0: yeah which is on how- it
1: which is just a, a trip straight back to cream city you know what i mean like no. and isn't that like the
0: acronym for their <laughs> airport like what's going on i mean Um,
1: maybe um allegedly the the portland the portland trailblazers which also just says pdx on it has a pattern on it and it matches the pattern of their airport carpet and see this is a weird thing because in toronto we are not that level of nostalgic for our airport like sometimes you'll see people with like some yyz stuff which is cute but we're not like wow pearson airport carpet bring it you know i I couldn't tell you what the carpet looks like is there carpet i have no idea like we're just not that like close to our airport like that maybe it's Mm -hmm. just because we have so much more going on that we would never reference our airport like that but i just found that to be um a bit odd
0: yeah usually you know when i compare airports my main thing with toronto is like why are so many american cities like why do you have free wi-fi and in toronto you don't pisses me off Oh
1: damn um yeah that that is annoying i um i will say jerseys i like in this i like the spurs jersey i really yeah. love that like 90s teal color kind of mm-hmm. it reminds me of like the memphis grizzlies jersey um i really love that and i, I actually like you like Washington? yeah a lot of people yeah, like pink. washington because it's pink it's nice. um i think that's cool it's not a throwback per se but at, you know they're kind of I feel like that out of all the teams that are like really going for something there. Um, so that's cute. And this might be controversial because we are Raptors Republic, but I really do like the Philadelphia 76er city Jersey. I like mm-hmm. that. It says the city of brotherly love
0: Yeah, that's on the cool.
1: front. And in that font, it feels like it feels like a classic.
0: That, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's like, it's a, it's a, that's a nod to your city. Like, why don't the Raptors have like the big smoke and like some guy blowing a weed cloud? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's like, like, let's have some fun. But our, our our city jerseys are basically. I don't
1: know. I, honestly, Freddie, I feel like that would be like what Vancouver should do if they get a team again.
0: Fair. Or a like B, if we a get BC a team in
1: Montreal, me. then it's just like a smoked meat situation on the front. Of the-
0: yeah, smoked meat. Don't
1: good. put us in charge of the jerseys. It just does destroy them. We will destroy it's them. Somebody was-
0: taking a bite of a sandwich and there's like mustard dripping down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, our city jerseys, the black and gold, are like, don't we already have those? Isn't that Drake night? Isn't that the OVO jerseys? Um, like they seem like the exact same. Well,
1: they did a city jersey of the same color palette last year, but the design I think also included the Raptor. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure, but um, I will say that I am also like not big into jerseys. I just feel like they don't flatter my figure. But what I have been campaigning for over the years is to bring back the jersey dress. Like, if this Toronto black and gold jersey was also a dress, I would buy that.
0: I would spend two hundred dollars on it. I would buy that jersey dress. Wow! Some algorithm is listening to you right now, and they should um,
1: because I mean, how like smart
0: they'll make it available?
1: Yeah, and and it needs to be extra long because I'm tall. I don't want some jersey dress cutting me off like mid-calf or something
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know I'm not gonna buy that you gotta make it nice and long uh a bit of a slit nothing too daring but just make sure, sure. I can I need to walk yep you know you wear it around wear it with some cute sneakers I would rock that look so hard and I think a lot of fans would like a lot of female fans would would rock that
0: do it Enough. What do you
1: mean? Do it. Just make it.
0: I mean, I'm like, like I'm, t- I'm speaking to the algorithm, I guess. Oh, <laughs> like, like,
1: Catherine, I, I'm not speaking to you anymore.
0: I'm just speaking directly to to the algorithm. We know you're listening. Make this, um, and uh, make Catherine happy. She needs to strut around in uh, yeah. a Raptors jersey dress.
1: Yeah. So those are my favorites, Uh, the Spurs and the 76ers. I want the Toronto dress to happen and um, the rest are pretty mediocre to me. Um, But, you know, if you're listening, let us know what you think. I'm very curious uh, Mm -hmm. to know if other people feel the same or not, or just how you feel about them in general. Like, does it cheapen like the whole concept of buying a jersey? If you know you have to buy a new one every year kind of thing,
0: you know? Yeah, I think that that. That sort of uh, confuses me. Like the the how saturated the jersey like market is now. It's like I think you know, yeah. I mean, like in in my time of being like a like a hardcore Raptor fan, it went from there being like you know the odd special jersey to to it being like you know like I don't know how many different jerseys the Raptors wear a year, but I feel like the number grows every year. And I, I mean, I guess I get it. You know, the Mitchell and Ness hat thing. For the Jays and the Raptors, they're basically like, let's make infinite designs so people can just you know customize it in whatever way they want. But uh, it's hard for me to have like a strict opinion on my my favorite jersey, if that makes sense.
1: Fair, fair. Um, yeah, I also want to talk about the Utah Jazz because they are killing it right now. They're ten and four. They are number one in the West. And I, I think at first people were kind of like, oh, okay, that's weird. Ha ha. You know, another cute story kind of team, Mm -hmm. but it's looking more and more that this is more than just a cute story. And this team might be for real.
0: Yeah. I mean, they seem like, uh, you know, I haven't been able to consume much jazz, um, but you know, you if you look through the roster, like they have, they have players, like they have a lot of like for real guys, um, and you know, one thing I was, uh, you know, like a w- interesting point I heard on the low post was just sort of that, like how their particular skill sets have been have been weaponized. You know, the 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 shooting and kind of like the all out floor spacing. Uh, I also don't know that much about this this coach, but he seems pretty awesome. Uh, Yeah, I I think I'm still. I don't know if this is is wrong, but I, I think I'm still in the doubting camp. Okay, I'm just I'm I keep thinking back to the Washington Wizards start last year, and you know the Wizards were first in the East for a little bit, and I know 14 games is like bigger is a decent sample size, but. Uh, yeah, I I think I feel like I I could say that they don't, they don't suck. Like they're not, not, they're not a full on tanking team. You know, I, I I thought they were, you know, I'll put my hand up. We all did. Yeah. I thought, I thought they were, I kept saying at the beginning of the year, I thought it was wild that we were going to see the jazz and the Spurs tank because I've never seen that. As long as I've been a basketball fan, I've never seen the Pacers uh jazz or spurs like these franchises that always prioritize being like pretty good i've never seen them bottom out and i guess i never will because those teams they just have such a good foundation that it doesn't seem like they can be absolutely like abjectly bad but yeah i mean that's not even the conversation they they are good they are winning games they're they're beating good teams you know
1: Yeah, I think what makes them different from the Washington situation last season is they are beating good teams, and they've actually won a lot of their games on the road. Um, I have, wait, I do have that in front of me where do i have it i uh, they won against denver they've won against the new orleans they've won against well uh, it's debatable if minnesota's a quote-unquote good team uh they've beat the clippers um they've beat the lakers twice and they've beaten the memphis grizzlies so you know that's a lot of tough competition in the west um, also here, like um, Laurie Markkinen and Jordan Clarkson are having career years. They're both averaging career highs and points. And Mike Conley, who I think people kind of considered to be sort of washed up, is still consistent in his uh, average in assists from last year. And I think what makes this so like unusual and so precedented is that they have a total of 10 new players, on their roster, plus a new coach. And usually you don't see something like that come together and they win games right away.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's sort of why I, I, you know, I keep looking at this team and, I, and it's, it's, uh, it's, I find it more and more confusing. So, like, you know, let's say, you know, Larry Martin is age 25. Okay, let's say mm-hmm. he figured it all out. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, you know, new role. Uh, and he's like, hey, I can do more than just you know score off the bench. Uh, I'm an efficient scorer. I can also pass the ball. Mike Conley is like a seasoned vet. He's running the show. Uh, Kelly olinick good journeyman. Uh, Colin Sexton, straight up a good player who I think people forgot about. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think they're. I think teams. I think it's a mix of mixture of teams are us underestimating them, and I do think that they're hot
1: yeah, they're hot and I think they're you know they're riding on good vibes. You know it's funny because you said they remind you of um, the Washington Wizards last year. Mm-hmm. They kind of remind me of the Chicago Bulls last year. Mm-hmm. Not that the Bulls had such a hot start like this, but everyone was like, wow, the Bulls are better than we thought. And yeah. they kind of stayed that way for most of the season. They did teeter off towards the end. They did have some injury issues and then they were a first round exit. Mm -hmm. And I would not be surprised if this Utah Jazz had a similar fate. But I think they're going to be a bit more of a success story than the Chicago Bulls were. And I think their coach, first-year coach, Will Hardy, uh, who's a bit of a cutie, by the way, um, I think he's going to be a very early Coach of the Year candidate.
0: I mean, if he's coaching this roster – uh, I mean, no, no coach ever wins. I think, I think like if the Utah Jazz, he deserves a lot of love.
1: I think if they, if the Utah Jazz end up in the top six in the West, so like right now they're first. If they end up somewhere in the top six in the West at the end of the season, I think he's going to win Coach of the Year because this was He'll in it. everyone's estimation a lottery team, and oh, and fully, I think yeah. yeah, and I think they will end up in the playoffs and. I would not be surprised if they skipped the play in altogether. I just I just felt like I had to bring them up because to me they are like the, you know, positive story of the year so far.
0: Yeah, they're definitely the, like, I I would say, like, them and the Lakers are, uh, I mean, depending on how surprising you think it is that the Lakers are bad, I would say those are, like, the (laughs) polar opposites of, like, the good year, bad year, like, sort of, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think anyone was expecting the Lakers to be this bad, and I, I think people were definitely not expecting the Jazz to be this good, and, you know, if you look at the East, there's not a lot of surprises, Like it pretty quickly, it seems like it's rounding into form. Um,
1: Well, I think the, you
0: know,
1: yeah, I mean, in the East, not that I'm prepared to deep dive into it too much yet. It might be a topic I do for my next episode, but the Miami Heat are like 12th in the East right now. Mm -hmm. Um, They've won their last two, but that is a team that I thought would be higher up in the mix. I'm pretty surprised by that, but I haven't followed them enough to know why that is the case so that's like a deep dive i'm gonna have
0: to do this week
1: but you're right other than that i would say and the wizards are fifth
0: yeah i was gonna say the the, the fifth to 12th is a one game difference right so so maybe that's not
1: the most surprising thing right now uh this early in the season but you're right the the east is going more or less as planned but the west has been uh, as far as the standings go a bit more volatile um, speaking of the West, this is a topic I wanted to bring up with you. And this is like me going real hot takes, hot okay, takes to here. Up. Let's do it. And that is, you know, I, I've noticed there's been a lot of, there's way too much Laker talk for a team that's so bad, of course. Um, but I understand it. They are the Lakers and they have LeBron and blah, blah, blah. And people are getting into the, like, should they trade Anthony Davis conversations and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I think there is another LA team we need to talk about. And that is the Clippers. And I feel like not enough people are talking about Kawhi and should they trade Kawhi? I know that feels crazy, but the more I think about it, the more I feel like there's a legitimate case for the Clippers to move on from Kawhi Leonard.
0: Do you want me to
1: make that case before you dive in?
0: I think, yeah, definitely, definitely make that case because I feel like that is like, especially for you, That is like pretty. That's intense, hot take territory. (laughs) Like, because I feel like you're generally pretty reasonable, and Mm -hmm. I actually, yeah, sorry, I'm not. I am pretty reasonable. Please, you 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 do your thing. No, tell me
1: who I am first. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, can I mansplain for a bit before you finish your point?
1: (sighs) Okay, this is why I say this. Um the Clippers, you know, Kawhi Leonard is out indefinitely again. Um he's working his way back to reco- um he's recovering from knee surgery. Um I feel that uh the Clippers have been a little um sorry, just just be more specific, it's his ACL. But um I I just feel like the Clippers are a little how can I say this? Um vague when they speak about him and his injuries mm-hmm. and that's always a bad sign and i think you know the last team that i recall doing that was uh the pelicans with zion right like they were always like yeah like he's gonna be back he's gonna be back And then the next thing you know he's out for the whole season and he hasn't been healthy in several years now Right, like literally the bubble. So 2020 was the last time we really saw Kawhi at the level of health that we have, you know, we've come to accept him as of late. And I think they're at a point now where they are wasting Paul George's prime and they're wasting the prime of the rest of their supporting cast, like Randy Jackson and all those guys. And it's like, how long are you going to wait? For him to be healthy. And I question, because he's been through so much when it comes to injuries, can he be a number one guy on a championship team anymore? I haven't seen someone this injured. And and I consider him at this point, he's been more injured than even Kevin Durant. But I think Kevin Durant, his bounce back, he's a bit of a unicorn, frankly. You know, I, I just don't know if he can be a number one on a championship team anymore. And I don't love that because I think we all do hold Kawhi in a special place as Raptors Mm -hmm. fans, but uh, it's just like you don't – the window's closing and you have Paul George and you have a decent team. How long are you going to wait?
0: Yeah, so I feel like, okay – just coming in with my sort of like take on the trade Kauai thing. Like I feel like you know you. you I'm the
1: only up- one saying this. I'm very aware of that.
0: Hey, that's okay because like I I have like a, okay I have like a a, a part of me that disagrees with you and a part of me that agrees with you and like there's a, there's a middle spot there. So the disagreement um. part is that I think you're the Clippers. You've committed to Kauai. In in all that means, which is sort of like the potential superstar, but also the person who kind of decides when he plays and how he plays. And, you know, I mean, Kawhi is like one of the most unique players uh, in NBA history. You know, and I think in this kind of like player empowerment era, um, which I feel like we're both fans of, you know, we know the sort of, I guess like the, the, the Kawhi narrative, you know, starting from San Antonio, right? He, they had their doctors. He had his people. They disagreed. He sat out, you know, comes to the Raptors. We kind of let him do his thing, load manage. He leaves it all on the line, wins us a championship. And I think if you're Steve Ballmer and you know, you, you, you got Kawhi and then you went out and got PG like this is your plan. This is what you're committing to. And he missed an entire year last year and has come back and played only two games. I feel like you don't really have an option, like any other option. Like, I mean, if you were to trade Kawhi, like hypothetically, I think like every team would be interested mm-hmm. just because of who Kawhi is. Um, so the part that I think you kind of stay the course in that regard. Now, where I feel like, and maybe, I don't know, maybe this is, like, also, like, it's coming from a similar place to where you're coming from. But I, I, I said a bunch of times, like, on my podcast and other people's podcasts, I, I thought the Clippers were the most overhyped team uh, and, and the Nets coming into the year for different reasons. I feel like the Clippers' depth is really, really overstated. Um, you know, I, I'm just, I'm not... I'm not scared of uh, Morris. I'm not scared of Batum. Uh, I I think Jackson's pretty good. Uh, Zubats is also good. George is good. Powell's good. You know, there's a good group there. I love Ty But the way the Clippers were talked about, I feel like was sort of, I never really understood how people put them in the same campus like the Nuggets, the Suns um you know uh, obviously the Warriors uh the Grizzlies like I didn't really get that like I feel like even though Kawhi is super injured like are people actually expecting a fully healthy season from Paul George I'm not mm-hmm. and you know I'm not rooting for any injuries or anything like that obviously but similar to like you know KD like you brought up I just don't see where, where with where those players are at in their career I feel like expecting like Giannis level production in the regular season is, is you're fooling yourself a little bit or like Luca level production, even Steph level production. I think they're ringers who you want, you know, to be ready for the playoffs. So anyways, that's very long winded. I do think where I feel like I love your impulse is that you're questioning the Clippers. And I Mm -hmm. think people are sort of in this spot where they just keep reading that team on paper and being like, yeah, contender and you know i don't i don't get that
1: right so i mean i think you know you're really talking about expectations which i love and yeah maybe we're at a point where like we shouldn't be having championship expectations for them but maybe in a roundabout way we're kind of saying the same thing like this team wants to win a championship we don't think that they're there but what are they going to do about it you know, and I just mm-hmm. feel like okay, maybe it's not trade kawaii. I'm sure I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that. But it's waiting for Kawhi, I don't I think I mean is we're the messing an- around,
0: you know? It's yeah, hot sure. take.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I and I preface this with this is a very hot take. Yeah. But I, you know, I think waiting for Kawhi, I just don't think is the answer anymore. And that sucks. Like the amount of injuries he's been through when you really think about it is heartbreaking. When we see the kind of player he, he was, or slash is, you know, and if he were like, if he had a healthier career, I mean, he would be in all kinds of GOAT conversations, you know, as he was, you know, after the Raptors won their championship, Mm -hmm. right? Like he was in a lot of GOAT conversations then, and he would still be in those conversations. So, you know, I'm definitely not rooting against him or anything, but I'm just flagging it as an observer of the NBA and asking myself, how long is this team going to wait?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good question when we talk about sort of, like, the best players in the NBA. Like, where are they at exactly as far as, like, you know, there's sort of the regular season MVP-style juggernauts. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people who can be the best player in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. And I think with the Clippers, the conversation, you know, is was sort of glossed over, uh, in, in my opinion, like, the idea, like, wait a second, like, how... Can this team be a top team without Kawhi playing like like you know at least half the games? Um, and why are we assuming that he will play half the games?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if like we're at the point where you know when we had him, it was like just making sure he's fresh for the playoffs. Yeah, but I don't know if he's at a point where he could do a playoff run like that anymore. Right. And we've seen him get injured in the playoffs since. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I think he would have to rest even in a playoff series if he were healthy then. Right. Like, I think, you know, you'd have to rest him for like a game two or a game four uh, of a series. I just I, I don't think it, you could push him through a whole thing. Or maybe you rest him for like a first round, but not the second round. I don't know how, you know, how one would gauge that. It's a pretty unique scenario. But I just, yeah. I, yeah, but I just don't think he, he can do that anymore.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I def we haven't seen it in a long time. I feel like as coming from a Raptor perspective, I think, you know, Kawhi has definitely made me feel like like he can do anything so like mm. it's possible but also you know uh this is a raptors podcast so i feel like i you know <laughs> i'll never i'll never skip an opportunity to be like the, the way the rap that raptors team was talked about um you know, whatever, we got a championship where, you know, there's no reason to be bitter, but it was just so one note. And it was like, Kawhi did everything. And, you know, there's no acknowledgement that it was a 59 win team that was absolutely stacked. Uh, and, and, you know, was the second best team in the NBA in terms of record um, and Kawhi fit perfectly in and sat like 22 games. And, you know, if Kawhi played, yeah, if, if Kawhi sat 10 games instead of 22, that Raptors team has the best record in the NBA. So I think, you yeah. know, there's just, I, I feel like, you know, we see it all the time in the NBA. People are scapegoated or they're like caped. And there's not a lot in between. It's like this guy's a hero and he did everything by himself or this person is the entire reason why this team is bad.
1: Well, I hope I'm not giving that impression.
0: Oh no! I'm not, I'm. I'm just saying, like in in general, like that. Like that's. There's not a lot of nuance in the Kawhi conversation.
1: Right, but I think you and I are bringing nuance to the Kawhi oh,
0: conversation. Big, big time. We're talking about uh, something I don't feel like people like to talk about. That's that's where I'm coming. We're we're we're. we're I think we're talking about, you know, the reality of Kawhi, and I think a lot of people just like to imagine, you know, the the perfect version of Kawhi.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, uh, I don't want people to think I'm just a Kawhi hater straight up. Like, no. I I loved him when he was with our team. I'll go so far as to say if he was able to play a full healthy season with us or like you said like, you know, miss like sitting out on like 10 games instead of like 20, what was it, 20?
0: I think it was 22 games he missed. Yeah, let's like that. say 22
1: yeah. games. I think he would have been more in the regular season MVP conversation, oh, for sure. To be honest, totally. right? Like, yeah. I think that's the only reason he was left out because people didn't know how to feel about the whole load management mm-hmm. thing. And then if he did re up with us for one more year, I absolutely think we would have won that bubble championship. There's oh, no doubt totally. in my mind about that. I think we would have beat Same. that Lakers team for sure. And that yeah. Miami team and, you know, all of it. But um, yeah, with that being said, it's just something I've kept my eye on. I just, the the amount of Lakers dialogue over other teams kind of annoys me. And I've just been looking at this Clippers team, like, I feel like they're not saying everything about Kawhi's injury status. And I think they're deliberately keeping it vague and that is always a very bad sign now with everything i've said i will end this part by saying i would love to be wrong this is one of those topics where i came in with a huge hot take and if i am wrong about it i will be so glad that i'm wrong so please uh caution with your hate (laughs) towards me but um but yeah i just felt like it was worth discussing so thank you
0: yeah, we're team we're team streetlights, not team spotlights. So <laughs> we, you know, we obviously want the the, the you know I, I I think like you know any any whatever like commenter or, or fan that assumes um, you know uh, like people like us aren't wanting full health. I feel like you're you're missing the point because everyone wants to, every player to be like as healthy as possible, but you know some players are injury prone or whatever.
1: Yeah, I love it. Okay, let's move on to our Raptors homer moment. Freddie, it you know, we've had better weeks as Raptors fans, we sure have. Um, we've Speaking been of injuries, we've been through a lot, we've got a lot of injuries at the moment. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely not worried about this team. Uh, I know you're not going to be worried because you're generally way more optimistic about the Raptors than even I usually am. But Mm -hmm. I think this is just, you know, it's a long season. And I think this is just one of those slumps that you go through. And I'm not a I'm not a panic fan. I feel like there's a segment of Raptors fans that are panic fans. Yeah, I'm definitely not one of those. Um, I will say, though, when you see um, like I think that Pacers game, they were just exhausted, truly exhausted, just spent at the end there. And that is what it is in a back to back when you're shorthanded. But I think like, you know, I don't know how injured or ill people were during the OKC game, Mm -hmm. but that game was a bit disappointing. And again, like, you know, I'm putting an asterisk on that because I just don't know to what degree everyone was truly able to be there or not. But, you know, there's just been a few games this season where I've kind of questioned, I hate to say this, but possibly questioned the effort. I I really am thinking about that Philadelphia game. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: there's been a few where it's like, oh, we're just like not coming out of the gate strong. Yeah. And it's not, again, I'm not worried, but it's something I'm keeping my eye on.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, I feel like I'm a bit more worried than... I usually am, mm. and uh, I feel like I'm definitely, you know, okay, there's 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 the, like, kind of, like, the valid excuses going on, right? Which is mm-hmm. uh, maybe the whole team's sick with something. Uh, our best two players are injured. Uh, you know, one of our most important uh, and potential breakout players, Precious, is injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, Birch hasn't been healthy. Boucher started the season injured. So did Otto. Um, all of that is Scotty nursing an ankle thing. Uh, I do still feel like we're in this kind of like unfortunate stretch that maybe is good for development. You know, I'm sure, I'm mm-hmm. sure it is. Scotty's getting a lot of point guard reps. Um, OG is like, you know, really just playing like marvelously. Uh, Boucher is incredible. Lots of good things are happening. I think within this, this, you know, like, I guess poor stretch of games, right? You know, we lose to Chicago, then we barely beat Houston. Um, then we, yeah, we get blown out by OKC and have a heartbreaker in Indiana. Like, it's all kind of not great. Um, one thing I've been thinking about a little bit, and, you know, a friend of ours helps us with the WNBA, uh, our WNBA pod, uh, Dan Gallia. He brought up a point that I guess I hadn't really articulated in my head and I want to give him credit for it but uh, you, know, you know I'm not like a big analytics guy but I wonder you know what what the numbers say on teams that are you know if your identity is being really aggressive on defense uh-huh. are you more injury prone are your uh-huh. players kind of like more beat up or do they have these games where they just don't have it because you're asking them to do a lot all of the time. And then if you combine that with really heavy minutes for the key guys, and you know, sometimes bench guys sort of get it like being in and out of Nick's doghouse, like what what's the result there? And, you know, I think big picture, I'm not worried. Big picture, I feel like I'm with you where I still have this Raptors team. You know, I had them third in the East, 54 wins. I still have them as like a 50-win team. I think they're great. I think they're really deep too. But, yeah, I, I think that, um, I don't know, even even the the teams that are not that, whatever, like not expected to be good, they still got a lot of players. Like Indiana's got a lot of talent. So does OKC. Um,
1: Well, I mean, that's a fascinating. That's a really great point. I don't know how one would get stats on that because it's not really an advanced analytic, but it's more of a study.
0: Yes, I think you know what
1: I mean? Like it's not something that you could just basketball reference, but that is really interesting. And I think as sports science continues to evolve, we'll start to learn about that more and more. Like it's a bit more of a. I don't want to say it's a philosophical thing because there's a real physicality thing to it, too. But it's a really good point. And, you know, I mean, like it kind of reminds me of of Tibbs. Like Tom Thibodeau had, you know, especially when he was in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, he had a reputation of like really like basically running his guys into the ground. And he got a lot of backlash for it, too. And I, you know, I don't think Nick Nurse is on that level. Um, but I, you know, these swarming defenses, how much energy does that take out of a player? I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think that, um, that if it was really a concern, someone would say something Mm -hmm. like if, like, if someone was like, look, like our guys are getting beat up. Like we legit can't keep up with this, that like Alex McKechnie or somebody would say something and that would be a conversation. I would hope. But, I mean, it's definitely, I do think that's a very intriguing point, and it's something to keep our eye on. Um, I want to pull up a little quote here from Thad Young on sure. um, Will Lou. Shout out to Will Lou. He posted this on Twitter earlier today. But Thad Young was speaking about Scotty Barnes. You know, we talk about going through a bit of a slump. He yeah. refers to it in this tweet as going through a sophomore slump but I don't know if that's his words or Thad's words, just in the tweet, just prefacing that. But he says, uh, Scotty puts a lot of pressure and a lot of weight on his shoulders. Sometimes that can be your biggest killer, but I love that about him. It's only going to make him into a better player. And I think that speaks a lot to your point earlier about this being like, yes, we're struggling, but it's also like a good development thing too. And I think that is kind of what Scotty's going through right now, Um, aside from possibly nursing a bit of a injury at the moment
0: yeah i think you know we're starting to uh, hit that point that i i you know I, it, there was so much conversation in in uh, you know as soon as we got scotty right but like i feel like throughout last year um and then into the summer it was kind of like there was this assumption that scotty was at like worst for a lot of people um the second best player on the team Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of kept coming from this angle. It's like, listen, I, I, I'm i so high on Scotty. I think he's a superstar. But, like, first of all, he's nowhere near Pascal. Second of all, um, he's nowhere near Fred. Third of all, if you really want to get into it, like, and, you know, I, 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 a lot of people who know more about basketball than I do or smarter people than I are, are in the camp of, you know, like he's definitively better than OG. But, like, I, I just I've never seen that. I think he's sort of like squarely the fourth best player on the team. And I don't really think, you know, he's better than OG. Um, not that, you know, that matters particularly that much. But I feel like as far as the pressure that, you know, he's putting on himself, uh, is, it's, it's kind of tied to fan expectations. And things like what Pascal does on offense, what Fred does on offense, shifting the defense moving people around running plays like there's a big difference between um you know having like the kind of like the google eyes and you know having you know the baseball passes and you know just running fast breaks in in a really creative way and getting everyone involved in in a in sort of like a game management sense and i think that these are reps for scotty but also, I, I feel like I, I'm worried that fan. I don't want fans to turn on him because I know Raptors fans will do that from time the to panic
1: time. Fans, the panic fans. It's a panic, panic fan
0: thing. And, and I hope that people understand that just because Scotty, you know, might not be the like the, the wild phenom that they were expecting in his second year in the NBA. You know, there was conversations like from a lot of fans about him being like a like a like a surefire all star and an all NBA player sort of thing in a second year. And I almost felt like I was getting into this camp of being like a Scotty hater because I was like that. I I don't see how that happens. But also, yeah, I I really hope that people don't swing back too far because he is a very special player. And all of these moments for him right now are going to benefit the team long term.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's only a second year in the league. Like, Yeah. Yeah, give the guy a minute, you know? Totally. He's like, awesome. A lot of these guys take a few years to become, like, truly on that, like, you know who's the best in the league who's your top 10 in the league kind of status like yeah. no one's that like year 1 year 2 so mm-hmm. yeah i mean let's give the let's give him some time i agree he probably is currently as of this recording the fourth best player on the team and you know you talk about him putting that kind of pressure on himself because of like fan expectation but i which is real but i really hope that he's putting it on himself cause he really wants to be that guy. That is my hope. And that, that, that it's far more motivated by that than any expectations that are on him. Um, but I mean, we'll see, I guess.
0: I mean, it seems like he has a great head on his shoulders and I feel like, you know, he's, he's fun. He's cool. I just, you know, I always get scared when the, the fickle parts of the fan base sort of, someone's not progressing in the way that they expect and they don't appreciate what they have. And, you know, at some point, Scotty will not have like, you know, a, a straight upward trajectory and is going to face some of that. But to your point, you know, he's clearly gotten where he's gotten, you know, not by just riding the highs and the lows of fans. Like he works really hard. And like, you know, even his improvement from three, you can tell he's put in a lot of work in the summer. So, you know, uh, Let me just say this. I'm not worried about (laughs) Scotty.
1: And neither am I. Absolutely not. I think we just got to get through this slump, get our guys healthy again, pick up where we were. Because when we are healthy and things are in synergy, my God, we look great. Yeah. We really do. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Nick Nurse outside of my hottie highlight. Because right before um, Precious Achua got injured, he was calling him out in the mm-hmm. media and this is something i haven't had the chance to talk about because i think this took people by surprise in that it feels like nick nurse is being especially hard on precious mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to see why like you know like earlier you were referring to like his literal doghouse you know like and it's not every day that he calls guys out to the media yeah. and You know, I guess, like, there have been some inconsistencies in his game. Maybe he's not progressing at the rate that, obviously, Nick would like. I think maybe he, you know, there are moments where I think Precious looks absolutely amazing. And then there's moments where, you know, he, where I'm just like, I don't know if the basketball IQ was there in that moment. That makes sense? Like, Mm -hmm. where I'm just not, like, a huge fan of, like, whatever decision he's making. Right. And maybe that's the frustrating part about him. But I want to know, what did you think about Nick Nurse doing that?
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, this is one of the things I've been watching for, like, a couple years now. And I'll try not to go on, like, too much of a rant here. But Oh, baby. um, I I really started zeroing in on it um, the year after the championship season, right? So, you know, uh, Nick's, like, the coach of this, like, insanely amazing team. You know, it's a crazy year. We win the championship. Uh, The next year was second best team in the NBA record wise. Um, But early on in that year, he calls out Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis Jefferson real hard uh, in training camp. And um, I think they both had different responses to it. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, Stanley didn't have a great response to it. And I thought Rondé pushed through. Uh And I feel like this is sort of, you know, talking about Tibbs uh, you know, I think that, there's this kind of like tough love thing. And, and I just don't feel like every player, you know, it's a personality thing, right? I don't mm-hmm. think every player necessarily responds well to that. Um, Nick, you know, the, the major caveat is that Nick is, you know, I don't know, like a, like I, I probably think about things in such a basic sense to, compared to Nick, you know, and like, he's, he's who he is. And I, who I I am, who I am, right? like, uh, and Nick's a basketball genius. So, you know, with that aside, just, so, you know, from what I've, uh, you know, seen over the past couple of years, like, you have a guy like Chris Boucher, right? He was, you know, in given a lot of tough love by Nick, and it seems like he's come out on the other side, and, and he's this incredible bench player mm-hmm. uh, who's sort of pushed through all that, and maybe that's where Precious is going to be, but um, – I don't know. I, I definitely think that there, there's a negative side to it, and sometimes there, there's you know it seems like there's guys uh, who play for Nick Nurse who are looking over their shoulder um, and they're they're waiting to get yanked because uh, you know they're they're just they're not playing as confidently uh, as they could. And I also feel like using um, like the media for public callouts, like. I think you're kind of playing with fire, to be honest. And I think Nick's really comfortable in his job and like for a reason, right? He's a championship coach. He's won at so many different levels. Like he knows what he's doing. He knows what buttons he's pushing. But as someone who's seen a lot of situations go south in the NBA after a public call out, that's that to me is, you know, it's dicey. It, like it's, it, it's not a as a fan, it's not something I enjoy. I don't enjoy when a coach goes at a player publicly. I I feel like it's not the best. It's not my way of like, it's not how I enjoy the game. Um, again, you know, all the caveats that I'm, I'm Freddie Revis and, <laughs> and I don't have an FR hat um, because I'm not
1: made by Nike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what I mean? So I know nothing compared to, you know, I know, not, I know nothing. Jon Snow compared to Nick. wow but, well would you go yeah. freddie
1: Rivas or would you go freddie noel Rivas?
0: i think i'd go freddie noel Rivas. i'd okay, the, yeah. the show, there you, you know? go but yeah uh, sorry that was my long rant to say that i i, I don't like that it's no that's just, fine i just want I, to I talk about
1: hats it. now okay no, yeah
0: let's talk about hats yeah i'm
1: just kidding no i think it's city um, hats <laughs> City. Hats. no i think it's like a really you know i really it's a conversation about leadership style right? When you really break it down, it's a conversation about leadership style. And this is the type of leader he's chosen to be. And I, I definitely think that as a fan, it is a bit uncomfortable to hear your coach call out a a player to the media. But I do think that I do think it's strategic on his part, right? Like he's definitely doing it because he thinks it will help. Now, you know, obviously we have to wait for Precious to like recover and be back on the court to see you know how that plays out um so like the timing of that was super unfortunate mm-hmm. but i think you know i i feel like i i'm on two sides of this where on one side i'm like i don't love that he's calling out a young player to the media i do it it doesn't match what i would consider my personal leadership style to be it's not how i personally would handle something like that but on the other side of it i do there, I appreciate having a really high bar and refusing to waver from that bar. Yeah, like I, I think that's definitely. the part of it about Nick Nurse that I do still respect very much, even if it is a bit hard as a fan because it's like we always get attached to our players and our guys, and yeah. we just want to see everyone do well. But I appreciate him refusing to waver. Um, from the very high standards he he holds our team to be, and it is part of what makes the team great. And so sure. I, I definitely don't want to see that ever change. And, you know, we have yet to see if it works. And I hope that, you know, if there is a world where he continues to struggle or, I mean, I didn't even consider him struggling per se, just maybe a bit inconsistent mm-hmm. is how I would put it. If we continue to see inconsistencies in his game when he comes back you know i hope nick nurse would just figure out a way to like switch it up and not just like bury him on the bench for someone else
0: yeah Uh, and and you know i think i i could imagine someone like precious like hearing what i'm saying and being like yeah well freddie you're just soft and I didn't mind <laughs> that at all. And it was a turning point in my career. And I was glad that. Nick it is was the best thing that
1: ever happened to me. <laughs> right. Like, you know,
0: so there's so many things that we just don't get to know about like how players, sure, yeah. how, who they are and how they respond to things. Um, and I think your point about having a really high standard is also like a show of respect. So that's, that's a part of that too. Right. Like, you know, um, but um, yeah, it's fascinating. You know, the, these are the like, you know, like you said, it's a question of leadership. And I think those are the things that uh, I love to think about as a, as a Raptors fan and analyst.
1: Yeah, same. Um, OK, we're going to wrap this up with our Nick Nurse hottie highlight of the week. And believe it or not, because I am me, I found one. I oh, found yeah. one. And it's not so much, you know, this segment started because I like I loved all like the suits that he wears and stuff. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, it's just polos all the time and it kind of sucks. But I sure. uh, he is doing his coaches open house. So if you're listening and you coach like a minor league team or something like that, even like an elementary school team, he's doing a summit for people who are coaches and it's November twenty seventh, uh, nine a.m. At, at Scotiabank. I believe it's free, um, and you can register and go and it, like ask him like a ton of questions about coaching. And he does this every year. Um, I think for a bit it was virtual, but now it's back in person. And if you are somebody who is like qualified and can attend this event definitely think you should it's absolutely worth it i've had friends attend in the past who have told me like how great it is and how like uh in depth he's willing to get and how you know he really like he really answers your question is what i'm saying and Mm -hmm. so i just think it's really cool that he does that and in a in a week in a weird week it's nice to have something positive to kind of you know celebrate with the team there and i i definitely think it's a it's a good opportunity for people
0: Nick, uh, hottie Nick, teaching people uh why, why you know, uh, you got to think about the macro, not the micro.
1: Yeah, well, you know what, like clowns Will, like me, Will Hardy of the Utah Jazz is really coming for Nick Nurse's haughtiness. I'm, I'm telling you.
0: Okay, I gotta, I gotta. Before we wrap up, I gotta. You gotta
1: Google Will Hardy. I don't know. Can you, can you also Google Will Hardy age? Because he looks young. Well, young for wow. coach.
0: Oh, yeah. This guy's handsome as hell. Um, he is. No, the, the picture I Googled, he has like a smirk. He's got his like eyebrow raise. And there's another picture where he's got that face where he's like, Ooh, like one of those.
1: Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Okay. I might really have a new
0: crush now. 34.
1: He's only 34? Yeah. No. Oh, my God. He's
0: got to be one of the youngest players in the NBA.
1: Players, coaches. Coaches, you said. Oh, players. coaches.
0: Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were starting a sentence like players, coaches. And I was like, oh, whoa. whoa. <laughs> so he was Kath- an assistant. Catherine's on- starting to scat.
1: He is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm Ella Fitzgerald. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he. Wow. He's only 34. Yeah. Get out- now, now I don't know if I love him or if I hate him. That's fine. That's fine. He's 34. Well, good for him. He's a hottie and he's doing really well.
0: Yeah, 34. This is old. I just Googled NBA coaches by age. I want to see who's even close to him.
1: Jeff Van Gundy was really young when he started, but he looked old as
0: hell. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Sorry,
1: Jeff Van Gundy.
0: (laughs) Deadly. Deadly.
1: You're absolutely Um, listening, and you're like, wow, wasn't expecting that cheap shot.
0: Oh, uh, Joe, Joe Missoula is 34 years old for Boston Celtics. So they're, they're tied for the youngest guy oh and uh, h- head coach in the NBA.
1: Just the worst. Yeah. Well, good for them.
0: G- good for those young bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 36, like two years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you young bastard.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to say. All right, Freddie. Thank you so much for joining me on this. We recorded this on a Sunday evening. I mean, you know, we're dedicated here. <laughs> I, I try to be, we're you doing know, it. I try to be. Uh, Freddie, for, for, our, uh, for our listeners and not our YouTubers, let us know where people uh, can find you on the Internet.
0: Yeah. Check me out on Twitter, uh, you know, or I guess before it turns to Mastodon or whatever the hell. Um I'm- <laughs> <laughs> at Freddie Rivas, F R E double D I E R I V A S, uh, on Insta. I'm Freddie Noel Rivas, uh, and of course, I do my podcast here on Raptors Republic at Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast with my producer Matt Duncan.
1: Yeah, and uh, for anybody here who enjoys the WNBA or is or is curious about the WNBA, uh, Freddie and I co-host a podcast called The Pickup. Um, we just won two Canadian podcasting Ooh. awards for uh, best sports and best leisure podcasts. So we are, you know, we're climbing up in the world uh, independently. It's available on the Sonar Network. Uh, if you're looking for some WNBA content, we are biweekly uh, during the off season. So it's a good time to learn about the league. If that's something you have been wanting to know, definitely check that out and uh you can follow me still currently on Inst- uh on twitter at least for now and on instagram at it's me underscore Catherine spelled c-a-t-h-r-y-n thank you so much for tuning in and i will catch you next time see y'all bye <laughs>